Praise God. Man, if you listen to, did you listen to the words of that song? Is that not amazing, those words to that song? God is enough. He's more than enough. He is Jehovah Jireh, our provider. And He will provide everything He needs. And whatever He provides is enough for us. We don't have to worry about that. He, is never, he never provides less than what we need. Amen. Praise God. We have a wonderful, wonderful day today. I believe that God's got a word for you. He, he's really had changed my message several times, and I had it, and then I, he just totally said, just, you know, that was nice, but just totally get rid of that. I said, you got to start somewhere, God, right? <laughs> and so uh, then I had a message, and then he started, he added to it, and then uh, last night when I was doing my final study time, uh, well, before this morning, and uh, he even added some more to it. So I really feel like God's got, got a word for, for a lot of you today. Uh, all of us, not a lot, everyone, everyone goes through trials, right? And so please, be, please be aware of that. So um, I want to, before I get started, please remind you, please take, t get one of those little flyers for the, for the um, operations, hands and feet. That's going to be a massive undertaking, and we need everybody's help. We need, we need more than clothes. We need, we need the toiletries. We need the, um, all the other stuff. We need the um, school supplies for the college kids over there. And um, it's looking like we're going to be able to have it at UNCW. We're not sure yet. We're waiting on the final word, and I'm so excited about that to have them on board with us. Um, and so that's going to be very, very exciting. And don't forget, starting next week, we have the small group back there with Don Nelson that's going to be starting. And that, he's, he's so good. He's like a scholar. He, know, he knows the Word of God front and back, especially about Paul. And it's all about Paul. So if you're interested in that, come between 9 and 9.30 um, next Sunday morning and enjoy that. Um, it's for everybody, that small group. And so it's going to be a great day. So, but anyway, today we're going to talk about the um, trials of joy. That kind of don't even sound right, does it? <laughs> trials of joy. Don't even, don't even sound right. Look at there. Joyful trials. Okay. Trial, joyful trials, trials of joy, however you want to look at it. Either way, trials never seem joyful, do they? And we talked a couple weeks ago about um, revival. And we talked about if you want revival, you have to um, admit the fact that you need revival first. You know, so many people are like, oh, I don't need revival. I'm in revival. But no, we're probably not. We, we need revival, right? And we pray for it. You know, then, then last week we talked about, well, if you're going to have revival, I didn't realize this was kind of going to kind of flow together in a sermon series kind of. I could have made it a series, but I didn't realize this is what God was going to do. So, but, but the, second, the next one was, if, you're, if you want revival, then you've got to deal with your past before you can go forward. And we, had to, we talked about dealing with our hurt and our pain of the past and unforgiveness. And for you to, to be able to deal with your hurt, the first thing you had to do was admit the fact that you're hurt, right? So you can be healed of that and behold, um, and behold. So then today we're going to talk about trials. I'm not going to tell you that you have to admit you have a trial because it's 100% we all have them. It's nothing that you have to admit to because it's, because it's very obvious when you're going through a trial. Can you not walk around and tell when people's dealing with stuff? They're going through that trial and tribulation? Well, um, the thing is, is, is time is measured in minutes, right? You got so many minutes in a day, in an hour, in a second, in, a, in an hour, in 24 hours in a day, in a week, whatever, um, and 365 days a year. That's how time, but, but life is, is um, measured in moments, in moments. You know, when your child is born, that's a moment. And, you know, you were just, when your child is being born, you were just in that moment. Nobody says, oh, the, chi the child was born? Did, really? I missed that. You know, no, you're in that moment, right? When your, your child takes that first step, if you're there, obviously, because a lot of times, you know, parents are not able to be there when a child takes the first step because they're at work, whatever. But if you are there, that's a moment. And you're just taking pictures and videos, and you're like, oh, my gosh. You know, you're in that moment. You know, when, you, when, you're, when you first get married, you know, whenever you, you take, your child takes the first step, when you get married, when you, whenever you uh, uh, get your first kiss, right? That's a moment. You're in that moment, right? 
your first kiss, and whenever you graduate from high school, and even better than all that, when you were, when you were saved, whenever you received Christ as your Lord and Savior, you were sitting there, and you were just taking that moment, and you're just feeling, you know, your sins washed away, and you're feeling clean and whole and all that. And so we're going to talk today about how to make every moment count. Because what we tend not to do is we tend not to want our trials to count. We don't want to take time in a trial and embrace that moment. We just want the trial to go away. But I feel like today, if you really want to grow in Christ and you want to mature in the Lord and you want to be a better Christian and, and, and a better parent and a father and a mother and a spouse, what have you, child, then you're going to have to start embracing those moments of trials and realize what is God trying to say to you during those times. I want us, I want us as, a Christian, as a church to, to, to really enjoy and live the John 10 and 10 scripture. You know, and I quoted a lot about the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but God comes to bring life and life more abundantly. I want us to have an abundant life. It's promised to us, just like, just like Craig said, that, that word gyra is reflected of, of abundancy. You know, and listen, God is more than enough, and God can give us a happy life. We don't have to walk around in sorrow and shame and regret and guilt and defeat and depression all the time. Even, even when we're going through times, the Scripture says that we can be joyful. So we as people, as Christians, we choose to not be joyful. We choose to, to be de de defeated. We choose to, 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 to be all, oh, poor, pitiful me. You know, all about me, oh, 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 I'm just going through it. You know, yes, I understand we go through stuff, but we do not have to embrace that. We can embrace the abundant life. And if you know how to be joyful in those times, then you can be joyful. So today, you might say, but I don't know, I ain't never been joyful in no trial. Well, today I'm going to teach you, and the Word of God says, once you know the truth, you're accountable for it. So I want to see happy faces from now on when you're going through trials. Um, but are you tired of just counting your days? Are you, are you tired of... of, of, of counting the days till spring, till, till, till counting the days till the pandemic is over, counting the days till you get your first vaccine shot, counting the days till you get your second vaccine shot, counting the days till the two weeks after the second one so you're fully vaccinated, and counting the days, and then wondering the days if I got to get it again, you know, whatever, you know, that, that kind of stuff, counting the days down to your graduate, graduation, counting down the days till you retire. It's like we're always counting days, right? But see, we, we just, what we're really trying to do is just make it to that next pinnacle, right? We're trying just to, if I, how many has ever said it? If I could just make it to the end of the week. If I can just make it to the end of the month. If I can just make it through this day. If I can just make it <laughs> to 12 o'clock, <laughs> you know? It's just, you know, but the thing is, is we don't have to just make it in life. We can thrive in life. And it is achievable. It is attainable. And I am, I am working hard on myself. To, to be able to emulate that for you. Because I realize that, that, that um, I, have not, I have not done that. I have at times just soaked in the, 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 the trials and just let them get me down and defeat me. And, you know, and I'm trying to emulate for you to be an example for you that you know what? Even through trials and tribulations, you still can overcome. Pastor, you don't have trials. You know, everybody thinks that, that, pastor, that being in ministry, you just sit and make TikToks all day long. Yeah, when you see a TikTok, I was probably having all kind of hell come against me, and I had to just take a moment and do something funny and get my mind off of it. You know, hey, Disney World, you know, I, I'm bivocational, and I, and, I, and I do Disney trips, and, and I do this. It's good to just be, talk about Mickey for a little while sometimes, but it's a stressful time. But you know what? I asked for it, and I got it, Toyota. I like it. 
I want it. I love it. The stress is stressful, but I wouldn't give it up for nothing in the world. I would not give up the, the stress of, of helping you through your process and, and, and being there for you during your hard times and praying for you and being there for you and helping you. It's my life, and I love it. People think it's burdensome, and it's not. Yes, I go through trials and tribulations, because, but you know what? It's okay. I'm all right with it. So bring it on. Bring, bring on your trials. Bring, bring your, your stuff to me. Let me help you through it because I want to. I'm called to do that. And if God calls, he's going to fulfill the call on the person that he's called to do so, right? So praise God. So I love that. But you have to live every day. Yes, thank you, angel, for affirming that. Is that Gabriel? I thought that might have been a trumpet. Let's practice a little bit. So, but, but, but we can live above the stress and anxiety and all the stuff in our lives. What? No, no, I didn't say you won't be stressed. I didn't say you won't ever have anxiety. I said you can live above it to where you still have anxiety, you still have stress, but you're walking in a place that you're dealing with it, but it's not like, it's not crushing you. It's, it, it, you're living above it, and, and it's happening in your life. You're walking through it, but you're walking through it with the right mental attitude and the right, and the right adjustment in your life to make it through that process. And it's time that we flip the script on the enemy. That we, it's, it's time that we determine our future by letting Christ order our steps rather than allowing the enemy to choose our path. Right? Let me, let me read that again. I, I, I had, when, I, when, I, when I got that, I was just like, let me, let me write it again. Let me read it again to myself. We have to flip the script on the enemy. It's time that we determine our future by letting Christ order our steps and not allowing the enemy to choose our, our path. When the enemy brings temptation and trial on us we get to the place where all of a sudden we, we just kind of you know go down his path and we're like well i'm this is bad i'm just going to go down this path this is what's happening i guess this is who i am i guess this is what i got to go through i guess this is how i got to react and it goes on and goes on and goes on and the thing is is god is sovereign to us and we got to flip the script on the enemy and he thinks he's in charge when he brings stuff on us we react to how he wants us to react we, we, he brings something on us, we get angry, you know, we, we get jealous, we get fearful. That's how he wants, that's, that's the path he chooses. But God says, I know the plans I have for you. And it says, if we trust in the Lord with all our heart and lean not to our own understanding, God will direct our paths. And we got to start allowing God to direct our paths, then our emotions and our fears and our anxiety and the enemy to direct our path. Praise God. So let's, I want to I talk to you about James a little bit. And then I want to talk to you about Paul here at the end. Well, so, well, first off, most, my, a lot of you might not even know who Paul is. Who is Paul? Paul is a half-brother of Jesus. James, James was, I'm sorry, I said Paul, James. James is a half-brother of Jesus. James was very reluctant to follow Jesus at first when he first started his ministry. And, you know, and I wonder why. I bet it's because he was, James, he was Jesus' half-brother. And he saw him. He's like, that's my brother. That's not Jesus. That's not the son of God. That's my brother. You know, you know, if all of a sudden you found out that your brother or sister was like the son or daughter of God, you'd be like, ain't no way, <laughs> right? Even though Jesus lived that, a victorious life and he lived the life clean of sin, they still said, not Jesus, you know? So, but the thing is, is but once, once James decided to follow Christ, oh my gosh, he was all in. Let me tell you what history says about it. He, li he lived with great devotion to Christ. Let me tell you what some historical books say. It says that in the early history of the church that James was such a man of God that he had big, thick calluses on his knees to the place where they called them camel knees. It was like camel knees, that's what they called it. 
that he had so such calluses on his knees from praying like that. And I thought that was just amazing that that, that he prayed so much on his knees. I, you know, the, you know, at the at the time there's there's, there's dirt and there's you know there's, no, they don't have like, they didn't have carpet. You know, so he was he was probably leaning on rocks and and, and and rubble and stuff like that. So the thing is, is that 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 he had those callus on his knees, and then whenever he died. He was a martyr. They threw him off of a high pinnacle of a temple, and it didn't kill him. So what did they do? They went down, and they took a club, and they beat him with the club to death. So he, they pushed him off the, the top of a high temple. It didn't kill him. They went down there and beat him with a club to kill him. So he was all in, man. He, he, he was amazing. you know. And we skip right past James a lot of times, who he is and, and what he did. But the thing is, is that um, uh, James... Is, is a wonderful book. I love James. The, the book of James, whenever you read it and you're having a good day, it'll, it'll, it'll bring you down a little bit to make you realize it'll humble you. But if you're having a bad day, it'll build you up. It's literally a two-edged sword. The whole book is. And, you know, no matter what you're going through. So let's read just a little bit of it. James chapter 1, verses 2 through 4. Dear brothers and sisters, when trials of any kind, any kind of trial comes your way, consider it. King James says pure joy. This is an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested and your endurance has a chance to grow, so let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. James is basically saying, basically saying that um, trials are inevitable. That you're going to have trials no matter what. You know, and then it says, because he says, not if trials comes your way. He says, when trials come your way. And he says, he, I love it. He, he's basically saying that challenges are a time for joy, not for uh, 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 a resignation. Trials are a time for joy, not a time to give up. T trials are a time to rejoice, not a time to quit. Why? Because he is Jehovah Jireh. He's our provider. He's our healer. He, he is our provider, and he is there. The Je Jehovah Shammah, the God that is there. I think I'm going to go back. I've been it's been on my heart a lot lately, going back and really doing that, that message again. I preached, I don't know, four, four years ago maybe about the names of God and all the names of God and what they are and what they mean. It is so powerful. and something that we need to revisit every once in a while, and it's been on my heart to do so. So you may say, well, God, why do I have trials? Okay, that's fine. If I got to do it, then what are they good for? Why do I have them? Rather than, except for just to get on my last nerve and tick me off and make me ill. Okay, well, number one, it helps us turn from sin. What? How does a trial help me turn from sin? Well, let's read it. Psalms 119 and 67. It says, I, have, I used to wander off until you disciplined me. This is Paul, um, David talking. Until you disciplined me. But now I closely follow your word. <laughs> Isn't that great? I, I used to kind of wander off from the faith and do my own thing, and then you discipline, discipline me. Now I do everything you tell me to do, right? So it, 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 gets, it keeps us from, from sinning. It, it, sometimes trials reminds us of who we are and, and that we are nothing without Christ, right? Number two, trials protect us from sin. Well, how does that happen, Pastor Doug? 2 Corinthians 12 and 7, what does Paul say? So to keep me from becoming proud, pride of sin... So to keep me from sin, I was given a thorn in my flesh, a messenger from Satan to torment or buffet me, um, and keep me from becoming proud. You see that? See how it's working here? Now the next one. Trials help us grow in character. Trials help us grow in character. Hebrews 12 and 11. 
no discipline is enjoyable when it's happening, right? It's painful. But afterward, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living, character, growth, righteousness for those who are trained in this way. So when we're going through the trials and tribulations, you know, it, it, it hurts. It's not good. But when we come out of the fire, then we are, we, are we're, we have more character. We have the ability to be a better Christian in our walk. The last one here in this section is trials equip us for ministry. 2 Corinthians 1 and 4, again, Paul. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others when they are troubled. We will be able to give them the same comfort God's given us. That's ministry. I preached on this a long time ago, the scripture, that, that, that God comforts us so we can comfort others. Not God does not comfort us just so we can be comforted. We feel like God's comforted me so I can be comforted. Oh, you comforted me. Okay, good. Thank you, Jesus. I feel nice and warm and, and giggly inside. No, no, no. He comforts us so we can say, you know what? Let me tell you what God did for me. Whenever I was down and I was depressed and I lost someone or I, I lost my job or I lost my this or that or the other or, or this bad happened to me. You know what? You know, God comforted me. And I just want to tell you right now that God can comfort you the same way. He gives us a ministry with, with those trials. So what do we got to do? We got to ride the wave of the trial. We can, fight, we, we, we can fight against the wave and the trial, and we can get knocked down right on our backside. Or we can turn around and ride the wave or embrace the wave. You know, a few years ago, um, Gina's not, she, you know, when we go to the beach, she likes to kind of stay on the shore. She maybe goes to her, her knees. She don't like to get out there in the deep. You know, and she, she, she can swim. And in pools, she likes to play around, but, but uh, in a, in a, she don't like to be knocked down, right? And uh, so, we, so I always try to get her to go out there. I'll hold you. No, 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 no. But one day, it was like glass, and it was just big swells is all it was. So I said, listen, honey, let's go out there, and let's just let's go. There's no big, nothing's going to knock you down. So we went out there, and the first swell came, and it just went across her head. And I was like, honey, you, you got to ride the wave. What is that? I don't know how to ride the wave. I'm not, I don't come out here, Doug. You know that. And you know, I said, well, you just got to kick up a little bit, and the wave will take you across and land you on the other side. So she started, oh, okay. So she got up and we're on the other side. Okay, then a big, long, you know those long swells that are like, like there's a big, long one? Okay, so she kicked, and in the middle, in the middle of it, she fell right back down. <laughs> I said, no, on the big, long waves, you got to flutter kick a little bit. You know, to keep, keep up while you're in, it, in the middle of the wave, and then it takes you down. You're riding it, but you got to flutter kick a little bit, right? It was so, such a wonderful day. We had such a laugh, and she was really ticked at me for a while. But now she won't go out there anymore, no matter what it looks like. You know, but the thing is, is sometimes when we go through these times, and we, and we get in our life, you know, we hit these waves, it is making us mature. It's, it's helping our spiritual growth. And when we go through this, if we just ride the wave, and I'm not saying every one of them is just like a little push, and sometimes you got to do a little flutter kick in the spirit. you got to keep yourself up a little bit. you got to read the Word a little bit. you got to pray a little bit. you got to fast a little bit. you got to do whatever it takes to kick and flutter just to stay up. Stay up. But God, God's got that wave. Just ride that wave with Him and be mature in Christ and embrace that wave. Verse 3. James isn't saying in verse 3 that, that, that our faith is produced by trials. He's not saying your faith is produced by trials. Faith, the Word of God says in, uh, in Romans 10, 17, it says, faith cometh by hearing the Word of God. So faith cometh by hearing God's Word. That's how you get faith. You hear God's Word today, you're getting faith. You read God's Word and you hear it, you, you get faith. That's how you get faith. But this, this is not talking about that. What trials do, it reveals your faith. Everybody can talk about faith, 
But whenever they go through a trial, everybody sees their faith. All of a sudden, everybody's big and bad talking about, oh, I got all the faith in the world. But when something bad crushing happens to you, you got this big wave coming, you know, everybody gets to see your faith. It reveals your faith. You know, and when, and, and when trials are received in faith, and you have that faith, it produces endurance, and it produces patience, maybe, in another, in another translation it says. And the only way to develop endurance is to endure. You have to go through stuff. You don't, in, you don't, you don't get endurance in running by, by walking, right? You know, you got, you, you got to start running. You got to get, get your cardio going and to be able to endure. And the, and the more, longer you run those hard tracks, the better you'll be able to endure. And, the, and even and me and Gina does a lot of walking now. And so we, we walk in, and now we're realizing that we're able to, at, at first, we will walk to the, to the, the stop sign in the back and be puffing and puffing. You know, now we, we, now, now we got to where we can walk a couple miles. Why? Because we have endured and kept going and kept going and kept going. And the more you endure, the more you're able to endure. Right? And so then after a while, we'll be able to do what we want to do. Verse 4, it says, so let it grow. Let your endurance grow. Let it get you better. You know, it's like you, you, are, you are standing on one side of the trial, and your healing and your freedom is on the other side. So how do you get from trial to healing and wholeness and freedom well you got to bridge that gap somehow you got to bridge that gap you, you got impatience and endurance bridges that gap there's, there's a time of patience and endurance before you can get over here there's patience and endurance that you got to go through to get there you know whenever you're staying um, at the Pirates uh, of the Caribbean, the Caribbean Beach Resort or uh, at Pop Century in, in Disney there's a gondola That'll, that'll take you across the chasm over to Hollywood Studios. So that you, you have to endure that ride. And the first time that, we, that you ride it, you're like, I want to be there. How long is this? How much longer? But th then by the end of the week, you're like, okay, I know how long it's going to take. It's going to take a while. So we're just going to sit here and enjoy the ride in the gondola. Same way happens whenever you're going through a trial to get from one side. You can say, hey, this is going to be a rough trial. But you know what? I'm going to ride this wave, and I'm going to ride this this gondola to the other side and I'm, I'm going to just allow God to take it and I'm going to endure this trial I'm going to stand here and I'm going to I'm going to just be good and I'm going to do what God's called me to do and I'm going to make it to the other side and allow God to, to to help me we have to wait to get to the other side you don't just you have to get there so the scripture says in Isaiah for us those who wait upon the Lord he will renew their strength God can renew your strength while you're waiting right and you wait and allow God to order your strength I'm order your steps and that bridge is built daily. Patience daily. Not patience overall. Patience daily. Sometimes even, even, you know, hourly, right? But here's the problem. When you're looking there and you're looking over there and you're, you're seeing, seeing over there the, the, the theme parks and you're, the gondola's right in front of you, there's a big obstacle right in front of you. And we like, there's a big obstacle in my way and I can't get over there to the parks because there's an obstacle in my way. But what we don't realize is the obstacle... The obstacle is the way. The obstacle is the way to get over there. So that trial is an obstacle. It's this big thing in front of me, man. But you know what? That trial is the obstacle that is the way to get you to being more mature Christian, getting you better in faith and strength and trust and, 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 and all that. That obstacle that's in our way is, is the way to, to, to out. Okay? Man, I hope, I, hope that, I hope you hit that. The obstacle is think we, we think this obstacle is in our way no the obstacle is the way 
I'll tell you what else is built during that time where you're waiting and you're, you're trying to ride that wave is trust. You're trusting in God. And so many times we, we're in that trial and we say, God, where are you at? I don't see you. I don't feel you. You're nowhere around. My God, how many times did, did Dave read, read Psalms, man? He's all the time blessing out God about where are you at? I, I'm dying. They're, they're killing me. They're beating me down. I'm, I'm, in a, I'm in a miry clay. Where are you at? You know, but then you always hear him talk about how good God is at the end, but you come through. And see, the thing is, is whenever you go through your trial and you look back, how many times? All the time. We look back and say, wait, God, I didn't see you, but you were there. That's why that happened. That's why that why I went through that. You know, maybe not right after the trial, sometimes a little bit longer than that. But you look back and you're like, you were with me the whole time. You were with me the whole entire time. And we've got to understand that builds trust in Jesus. Because, you know, but just because you don't feel him does not mean that he's not there. It's just like you have a little child. You, you have a little child. I'm full of picture, picture knowledge today. But it's like you have a little child, and you're trying to get them to learn to float, right? And so, and, and so you, you, you put your hands under them, and they're, and they're floating, and, and they take your hands. Hey, 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 mama, daddy, stop. Put your hands back on me again. They want to feel you, right? But then after a while, you kind of move your hands a little bit, so you move them away, and they're floating on their own. And then they, then they realize it, and they start, they, it startles them, and they start to sink. And what, you're right there to catch them, aren't you? Your, your hands are still there. And you catch them, and you pull them, hey, hey, I'm still here. Same way with God. But what does that do? That allows, that, that helps them build trust in you as a parent, that you're there, you know? And so it helps us build trust in God, that when we're going through stuff, God, where are you at? Where are you at? And he's, he's right there. And it helps us, if we always felt his presence, and never not felt his presence, we would never trust him. We wouldn't have to trust him because he's already got us all the time. But with true trust is trusting in something, not knowing it's there or not. I'm trusting this right here because I know there's a step there. Right? But when you don't see it and you're not able to look at it, how, many, how about if you got blindfolded to try to walk off the stage? I don't know about that. But you know it's there. But I don't, I don't trust myself, right? I don't, I don't trust it. You know. so, then, so then you're... You know, you're trying to, you're trying to do that. And that's how we walk through life with God. Uh, are you there, God? Making sure He's there. You know, and we got, and sometimes we got to go through these times that, that when, when we don't feel God, knowing God's there. Saying, God, I don't feel you. I feel like I'm all alone, but I know you're there. Look here, even Jesus Christ Himself said, "My God, My God, why have you forsaken me?" He even felt that way. He felt alone. But in that moment that he felt the most alone in his life, he did the greatest feat in his ministry that he, he did the whole entire three and a half years he was alive. That one time, the time that he said, God, where are you at? The, the time that he felt the most lonely, he did the greatest thing in his ministry of all the ministry he had. So don't discount when you feel alone and you don't feel like God's around that you can't do successful, massive, mighty things for God. Whoo, praise God. <clears throat> Well, Rand Livingston, y'all might know him. He's a pastor of the Central Church, and he's, you see him on television and TV and different places. He says, he says people, who don't have, people who haven't been tested in the hottest of fires talk about their faith. But people who have been through the fire talk about his faithfulness. And I was like, wow, that's good. You know, because we talk about us. I got, I got faith, but once you've been through the fire and you realize that you had nothing, that it was all Christ that held you up, it was Christ that held you and, and helped you, then, you know what I'm saying? It's His faithfulness now. 
Ask somebody who, who, who's been through cancer and beat it. Ask somebody who has been on the operating table and they said they were, they were about to die and they've been through it. Every one of them is going to not say, well, hey, I, but I had faith that God would do it. No, they would say, God is faithful. God is faithful. Ask anybody who's been through some kind of big, big situation and trial in their life, they will always point back to God. And you have to ride the wave, and it does not mean that it's not a hard wave. The bigger the storm, the bigger the wave. And that's when, like I said, you've got to sometimes flutter kick and do, do a little to keep, try, try, to, try to kick a little bit. Riding the wave is not ignoring what's wrong. It's the opposite. It's confessing what's wrong and professing what's right. God's power is at work in your life. You know, we don't wear a, a floaty out there in the ocean and say, look, I'm swimming. No, no, you're not swimming. You're floating. You're doing nothing right now, right? You know, you know, we, we got to know that. So you know what? We got to get out there and, 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 and stroke and do what we can to get to that, to that wave. And then allow, when, it, when we're stroking through life and then that wave comes and then we allow God to take us over it. You know, we don't, we don't want to just survive this life. We want to thrive in this life. I don't want to get, I don't want, you know, everybody's like, well, I just, well, I just would just love if I just get a little, little shack in a corner of heaven. Sammy, I don't want that. I want all God's got for me. I don't want to barely slide into heaven. You, you've seen them things where, where they, they have those, those doors that are going down and those, those stunt men go running, they slide up under the door and they just, they just make it in. I don't want to, I want to walk in heaven proud. God, I failed. I didn't do. I may. I mess up a lot, but I trusted you and I obeyed your word. And here I am. I'm proud, God, to be your child. Amen. Amen. You don't have to just make it in heaven. And how do you not just? Make, you, you take these trials. You know they're horrible. You know they're bad. You know they're difficult. But you you, you find the joy in them. Amen. And the thing is, we try to get out of the trials. When a trial comes, we try to do everything we can to get out of this trial. We try to change the trial. But you know what? God's saying, I don't want you to change the trial. I'm trying to change you. And you've got to quit trying to change this thing because I'm trying to use this thing to change you. And if you allow it, you'll be a whole lot better in the end. But how long will it take? How long will this season last? When will it be over? I don't know. Because you know what? I'm 100% sure that, that, that God can deliver us from suffering. When does it happen? I don't know. But I'm also 100% sure that, you know what, that God is always there with us in the middle of suffering, whether you feel him or not. He's always there. He's always there. And I want to close today um, with, with reading this, uh, the scripture from, from Paul. It's, it's six, uh, 6 through 10. And if we have a, a pad or whatever, it's fine. We prove ourselves by our purity. People are looking at us. And when we go through stuff, people are looking at, at us, how we handle things and who we are in Christ and being a Christian and what have you. Our patience and our kindness by the Holy Spirit within us and by our sincere love. We faithfully preach the truth. God's power is working in us. We use the weapons of righteousness in the right hand for the attack and the left hand for defense we serve God whether people honor us or despise us I'll say that again we serve God whether people honor us or despise us whether they slander us or praise us we are honest but they call us imposters we are ignored even though we are well known we live close to death but we are still alive we have been beaten but we have not been killed 
Our hearts ache, but we will always have joy. We are poor, but we will have spiritual riches. To, we will give spiritual riches to others. We own nothing, and yet we have everything. How beautiful is that? Man, it shows the, the negative part of what we are, and it's saying, yeah, we have this, but look what I really have. It's showing what we say we have and what others say we have and then what we truly have. I encourage you to go find that at Scripture at home this week sometime and just read it again and again to let it encourage you to show that no matter what happens in our life, there's always a better plan that God has when we look for the joy in things. King, the King James says there, you know, it says that uh, it says our hearts ache, but we, but we always have joy. Well, in the King James it says that we are sorrowful, but we're always rejoicing. I'm sorry. We have sorrow, but we're always rejoicing. Well, so what are we going to rejoice in? i got four things and I'm done. What do we rejoice in? Rejoice in our salvation. Psalms 51 and 12. Restore to me the joy of my salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. The New Living Translation says, make me willing to obey you. So, so restore me to the joy. There's joy in salvation. And sometimes we've got to go back to the very beginning and remember the joy that God gave us when we were saved. And that's what we're rejoicing. God, thank you that I'm saved. God, I'm going through this trial, but you know what? I'm on my way to heaven. I may, be, I may be going through hell, but I'm on my way to heaven, right? Number two, rejoice. We can rejoice in our inheritance. First Peter 1 and 4. And we have a priceless inheritance. You, you have a priceless inheritance, an inheritance that is kept in heaven for you. There is an inheritance in heaven for you, pure and undefiled beyond the reach of change and decay. And we can rejoice in that. God, there's an inheritance in heaven. It's not just a mansion, Sammy. It's, not, it's, it's more than it's an inheritance there for us. And God says, you know what? Hey, just rejoice in your inheritance that I've got all this stuff up here for you that is pure, is undefiled, and is beyond reach of change and decay. Praise God. Aren't they, these scriptures, you can find these scriptures. People are like, well, it's boring to read the Bible. And I understand that that's because it's born because the enemy wants to bring somberness on you and try to make you go in hibernation and fall asleep. But, but when you start really reading some of these, they are beautiful. They are so encouraging. And they're so uplifting. Number three, um, rejoice in your future glory. 1 Peter 1, 6 and 7. There is wonderful joy ahead, even though you must endure many trials for a while. These trials will show you your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire, being tried by fire, test, and it purify, and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than, than gold, mere gold, so when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you the praise, much praise and glory and honor, listen, on the day that Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. So whenever you go through these trials, when you go through these tribulations, and you remain strong in your faith, and you don't give up, and you don't quit, and you endure, God says in His Word in 1 Peter, it says that you will receive much praise, and there will be glory bestowed upon you because of your faithfulness. And the last one. Rejoice that the trial has a purpose. How many times have I told you, put a purpose to your hurt? Put a purpose to your pain. Put a purpose to your trial. So, so you have a reason that you went through that. What was it? Was it trust? Was it faith? Was it obedience? Was it jealousy? What, 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 was that? What, was, what was this trial all about? And when you do that, you have a purpose behind the trial, and you know there was a reason for it, rather than saying, well, I don't know what the heck that happened to me for. I ain't done nothing to God. You know, you, 
got to find the reason behind the trial. What is God trying to teach you? What is God trying to show you? Allow God to say, you know what, God, I want, I want to you to show me in the middle of this trial, show me what you're trying to teach me. I don't want to miss this, God. I'm in the middle of this trial, and I'm on this wave. I'm at the top of it, and I'm still confused. Show me what you want me to learn so I can be obedient to you and your word. Ephesians 1 and 11b, which means it's the second half of that scripture. It says, and he makes everything work out according to his plan. Romans 8 and 28 also says he works all things out for his good according to his, to his purpose. And so we got to rejoice in that. Helen Keller. I'm going to close with this one little quote. Helen Keller said, The world is full of suffering, but it is also full of overcoming. There's a lot of people that have beat whatever you're going through. What is 1 Corinthians 10, 13? You know, it says, you know, it says there's no temptation taking you, but such is common to man. Everybody's been through what you're going through. There's somebody somewhere that's been through what you're going through, right? Except for that first person that caught Corona, Right? But everybody's going through everybody's going through something that you've gone through, and the thing is, is that, that at a, there's a point in time where you got to realize, you know what? Other people's been through this, and other people have made it, and I can make it too. God's no respecter of persons. If they made it, you can make it. And there's lots of suffering in this world, but there's also lots of overcoming, because people had faith and they understood how to overcome their trials. I pray this is just open up a whole new world for you when you go through trials and how to deal with it and how to overcome and how to trust God and how to look at trials rather than being a bad thing. You know, when we, whenever you're, you're in a football team, you know, you, you go out there and you have to do two-a-days and, you know, you, you look at those. But the, the, those people who, you know, who go out there and work hard at those two-a-days, those, those, those um, basketball players that go out there an hour on the court before anybody else gets there, you know, those people who, those gymnastics, you know, the, the Olympic trials is going on right now. Th those who, when everybody else has left the gym, they stay there. And they may be like, you know, but look what I'm going through. I'm working so hard, and, I'm, and it's just so hard, and I'm going through these trials. But in the end, it will be worth it. In the end, it will set you apart from everybody else. I want to be set apart from everybody else. Not in pride. No, don't, don't misunderstand me. But I want to be one. You know what? Pastor does the real deal. He makes a lot of mistakes. He does a lot of stupid stuff. But you know what? But he really cares. He really loves. He's really trying to be a Christian. And he still messes. He still ain't. Uh, but he's, he's real. How do you know a real from a counterfeit? The only way you know the real from the counterfeit is if you've ever seen the real. If you've never seen the real deal, everything seems real to you. If you got a, a dollar bill. But once you've seen a real dollar bill, somebody can give you a counterfeit. Most of the time, well, today people get kind of tricky now, but. Most of the time, you can tell the difference. I want this church to be the real deal. I want them to say, you know what? They're, they're small, like today, you know, we've had, I had about 15, 15 or 16 people that's either sick, just not from COVID, but just sick from sick, you know, sickness and stuff, um, or out of town today, you know? But, but I want, even though we're a smaller, a smaller group, the thing is, is, is I want people to look at us and say, you know what? It's a smaller church, man, but that's a real deal. They really try to serve God. They really try to do their best. They make mistakes. They're not the best. They're not, they ain't got the best in anything. But you know what? They fight and they do what God, they're, they're real. I want us to be set apart from, from, from the posers, I guess I would say. I want to be set apart from those, when, I want to, here you go. I, I think I, I can figure it out now. I, I want to be set apart from those people that call themselves Christians that are not. I want to be set apart. I want to be Pastor Doug saying, you know what? Somebody said, I don't want to be a Christian because I seen a man and he said he was a Christian and he did this and did this and did this. But Pastor Doug don't do that. 
won't treat you that way. He won't be that way. I want to set up, I want to be set apart from those people that are say what they are. I want to try to be what I say I am. I want our church to be what we say we are. Inspiring love, life, and relationships, and sharing, sharing hope, and, and giving love, and building, growing people. I want us to be able to do that. I want you to do that. I want you to be set apart at work and everywhere else. When I say set apart, I'm not talking. I'm not, I'm not talking about being better than. Okay, I'm not talking about our church being better than nobody else. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying, being a light on a hill. See what I'm saying? Being a light, being set apart where there's a light, I'm shining my light, and I pray that other churches, other people, and other pastors shine their lights. But I want us to shine our light, and I want us to have one of them bright LED lights that shine real bright. You know, here we are doing what we can do for God, trying to love people, trying to lead people to Christ, and, try, and we're con being concerned about souls. I'm sorry, it's, 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 it's about 17 after. But praise God, so I, I, I want you to do that. So let's just pray. Is there anybody here today, with, let's bow your head, close your eyes. Anybody here today say, Pastor Doug, I'm going through a trial, and, and, and it's rough, and I just want your, your prayer that I can abide to what you said that God said about us and that we can overcome it. Anybody going through a trial right now? Yeah, 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 lots of people. Yeah, amen. It's funny, last, last week we were talking about, about hurt and stuff, and then, and then right after, after I preached on that, I, didn't, I wasn't even thinking about it, and after that happened, this week, God tried to bring up some, or not God, but the enemy tried to bring up some pain of the past. And I was like, you know what? I'm not surprised, Satan. I preached on it and I preached hard about it, and now you're trying to test me with it and see if I'll even do what I told him to do. And here I am standing here today, still trusting God and loving God. Father, in the name of Jesus, right now, everybody that raised their hand, God, that's saying they're going through a trial, a tribulation, God, I pray that you help them learn what we learned today and take it to heart and go back and watch it again take notes even if they have to father and be able to, to to overcome so they can be strong and ride the wave god and they can trust you and they can embrace the moment embrace the moment of that trial and say god what are you trying to show me what are you trying to teach me right now how can i experience this and be better after i come out of it help us lord Everybody that raises their hands, I pray for victory, and I pray that you give them a spirit of joy. Not just joy, but a spirit of joy, where they're able to laugh, and Lord, to be happy, and they're still going through it, and it hurts. It hurts on the inside, but on the outside, God, they are just trusting you. God, be real in their lives today. And no matter what they face, help them overcome. Because you have made us more than overcomers. You have made us more than conquerors through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. God, we just love you today. Have your way. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. God, we just praise you right now. And we just stay still in your spirit. For those people that, that uh, raise their hand, God, for trials, I pray you begin to bring joy in their heart right now. God, I pray that you just begin to let joy arise in them. Let them see it differently. Let their vision be different. Let them refocus not on the trial, but on the triumph, on the maturity, on the character of what's about to happen in their life or what they're going through. Because you are there with them. You're never alone. Whatever they're facing at work, God, whatever they're facing with their, their spouse, God, whatever they're facing in their finances, God, it is minuscule to what you have for them. And if they're faithful through this, God, you're going to be faithful to them in, in greater things. 
sometimes, God, we don't understand your trials that we go through, that, that the enemy brings, that you allow us to go through. But God, you give us a peace that passes understanding. We're just going to trust you today. Help us to stay on our face before you. Help us to pray, God, and, and be, like, be like James, a man, of, man and woman of prayer, and seek your face. Help us to embrace that moment and help us to be able to share with others what we've been through so we can have a testimony. God, you'll make our test a testimony. You'll make our mess a message. You'll turn our, our trials into triumphs.